Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your humble host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road over in Warren County, New Jersey. You can't help but be humble when you live on Cat Swamp Road. So hopefully the sound of my voice has everything going very well with you. And you know we get together here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with an encore or re-air Sunday at 6 p.m. And that's in the Eastern Standard Time Zone also on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147. So I want to thank you so much for uh, getting with this guy from New Jersey. That's what they say, New Jersey, right? So on today's show... What I'm going to be talking about are some dirty little secrets of the industry. Some of the auto, some in the auto industry, some in the in the fuel, both gasoline and diesel fuel, the the uh, energy industry, and some other things that are going on. And most people are not aware of these. And you know that I'm a straight shooter, and lots of times that gets me in trouble. Because some people, namely not the audience, but a lot of people say they don't want to hear the real deal. They don't want to know what it truly is. They want to put some kind of spin on it. Everything today is spin, spin, spin. They used to call them spin doctors a couple of years ago. Something happens in politics, you spin it around and take a negative and try to turn it into a positive or tell the people they don't know what what their ears are telling them. Well, that's not what happens with this guy on this radio show or on my Idle Chatter podcast. And I tell it like it is. And uh, the thing is that I will always tell you, though, whether it's my opinion or whether it is fact, because everybody's entitled to an opinion. It may not be correct, though. But what I am going to tell you today is not an opinion, and I very, very rarely deliver opinions on this show. I deliver facts. And what I will be going through today about the auto industry, about the fuel industry, are all facts. And you could fact check them, right? That's what they say. That's a big thing, fact check them. But the fact checkers are all crooked. So, hey, like I say, it's a different world. But if you want to get a hold of me, please reach out to Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com and I would love to hear from you and know where you listen from. And if once you do that, I will put a pin in my map. I have a world map here in my office and I will put a pin in my map and where you listen from, more or less as close as I could get, all right, to that town. And the reason for that being is twofold. Number one, it'll enter you into the into the contest to win the USA-made Hot Rod Farmer license plate. And the second thing, more importantly, on my end, is that I could glean where you are listening and what your operation is about. And I always say to this, say this to you every week. I want to be able to tailor my content that is going to bring you the best value because the purpose of this show, Farm Machine Read Digest Radio, and my Idle Chatter podcast and my website are all to have a a delivery uh, of knowledge to you that you cannot get anywhere else. So if I know what you're about, then I could tailor my content to you. And that's all it is. I'm not going to go stalking you, even though I'm from Jersey. Don't think, oh, my God, I'm going to tell this guy farm over here, and I'm going to see this New Jersey license plate coming up the, up the lane and stalking me. No, no, that's not going to happen, buddy. Don't worry about that whatsoever. So what we will do is we will go to a short break now, 
and then when we come back i will be discussing some i think i have four or five little dirty little secrets i call them dirty little secrets i don't know if they're really dirty but i think it'll shed a lot of light on things that happen and in the in the business side and then the business side translates into the reality side of the equipment business the automobile industry and the fuel business and never forget agriculture runs on machinery but profits on reliability Sirius XM. The best collection of podcasts is just a tap away. Hear podcasts from Marvel, including the award-winning Wolverine, The Long Night. And exclusive podcasts, Marvel Method and Marvel's Declassified. Plus original podcasts from your favorite Sirius XM hosts, including Stormy Warren, Fantasy Sports' Lisa Ann, and Jeff Lewis. Listen to the podcast favorites you've been hearing about. Without ever having to leave the Sirius XM app. Free for most subscribers. Just download it today and tap podcasts. Hi, I'm Bob Phillips. And I'm Kelly Phillips. And we've been lucky enough to have spent the last 50 years winding up and down the back roads of Texas. It's been an incredible journey. And from the hidden gems to the passionate people, we've seen it all and don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So why don't you hop in and travel with us every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Channel 147, exclusively on Sirius XM. As we bring you more than 30 hours of agriculture and rural news every week. Our team of news writers, editors, and producers work hard to find the headlines and stories that matter the most to you. Live reports and high-profile guests like market analysts and traders, farm state lawmakers, and commodity group leaders. All giving you the inside track to make the best business decisions for your farm or business. The best staff, the best producers. The news Rural America turns to RFD-TV. Rural America's most important network. Rural Radio is your source for the most current commodity news. We bring you the latest market details and talk with a variety of market experts helping you protect your bottom line. With commodities shifting like never before from grain to livestock, your Rural Radio team will keep you informed because you voted RFD-TV as the number one most trusted source on farm market information for producers. We're gathering the news and insights you need to stay ahead of the curve. Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, your market authority. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax. As I said in the opening segment, we're going to be going over some things here. And I call them dirty little secrets. But I guess they're not really... Well, well, I guess they're not secrets. I guess they're the inside track to a thought process in the automobile industry, the fuel industry, and a couple of other areas that you may not be aware of. Because when it comes to this side of business, uh, applying conventional wisdom doesn't cut it so uh it's sad but it's the reality of life and it's the world we live in Alrighty, i have a piece of paper here with some stuff written down so that i don't go off on tangent as i'm so famous to do all right so keep myself reeled in i'm putting myself on a short leash today all right the first thing that i want to reveal to you and and if you know my background i mean i'm obviously a farmer and uh, we farm sweet corn we've had the family farm longer than i've been alive all right so uh that's that's good thank god right i'm not that old <laughs> but uh, the farmer's older than me which is always a nice thing right but there's people that are young and they're first generation farmers and that's wonderful in its own way 
but you know I had a, I had a career in the automobile industry, and uh, so I'm very well, uh, I say, versed or connected to the automobile industry. And I uh, and then I got involved with writing for agricultural magazines and doing the part. And I still do that in the the, the the TV show and what have you. But anyway, so but uh, this is coming. This is you could take this is right from the horse's mouth. This is not. Uh, no exaggeration whatsoever but the auto industry and i would probably say to a much 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 lesser extent the agricultural equipment business but the auto industry per se when i say the auto industry i mean the vehicle manufacturers and whether it's a car light duty truck or even a heavy duty truck or even a semi all right so uh anything that goes on public roads let's just qualify it as that they do not care whatsoever about the any uh, much past the second owner and lots of times they don't even care that much about the second owner the only person that they that they're concerned with is the first owner the person that buys that invests in that vehicle whatever it may be new and you might and, and you could put this your litmus test this yourself right the thought process of the car industry, the vehicle industry, I'll use that word in case some people get confused, is that they want to court and they want to take care of the original owner. And today, that's specifically true because their thought process, their mindset is the second owner and and possibly the second owner, but the third, fourth, and fifth owner of this vehicle has more than three or four owners is not in the demographic financially to buy a new whatever they make, whether it's a semi or whether it's a car or a pickup truck. So they do not care about you. So you may have a vehicle at six aspired that you're the third or fourth owner for it, and you say, well, you know, how come they do this? Or how come they don't offer this? Or how come they put it this way? They don't care. That's, like I said, that's the truth because they know that the the third fourth fifth and subsequent owners will most likely never come to their showroom and buy something new they're concerned with the first owner because they want them to come back and buy another new whatever it is all right and and to a certain extent today with these short-term leases and these uh, certified pre-owned vehicles whether it's a certified pre-owned pickup truck car what have you or even lots of the semi-dealers have that now. Kenworth, Peterbilt, they have a, I don't know what they, whether they call it certified pre-owned or not, is that, so it was a vehicle that was on a short-term lease. And they, you know, they're going to kind of court, they're going to kind of date the second person buying a certified pre-owned vehicle because they're hoping that, that they will come back and buy another one or move up to a new one. So the fact of the matter is they don't care about you. And also today most people as far as passenger vehicles are concerned either lease them and in different parts of the country it varies all right in more urban areas they're usually leased and all they want you to come back and lease another one and uh they also make things so and this is a known fact that they make it so that it's going to at least get through the warranty period now i, I and i'm you know i'm not giving anybody a black eye but what their whole goal is for you to buy whatever it may be that they make this pickup truck right and you 
you keep it for most vehicles they have a five-year 60,000 mile powertrain warranty you keep it for five or six years you say wow this thing is fantastic it never went back to the dealer bah, 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 bah. i'm gonna buy a new one and you trade that one in or sell it privately what have you and then you go and you buy a new one that's their goal all right that's that's their goal and then the second person who buys it if it's already that old it's not going to be a certified pre-owned and they're not going to care about that person whatsoever because also the industry has found out that the second third fourth well anything from up from the second owner all right is not brand loyal so the guy today buys a ford the next time he buys a toyota he buys whatever he could buy it in his price point that looks like it's in good condition so just realize that when you buy new that they will take the best care of you because they want you to come back when you buy second or third hand forget about it they don't care about you whatsoever all right the second dirty little secret is that when it comes to gasoline and diesel fuel in the majority of north america that you may be right near a refinery or something like that but the majority of north america when it comes to gasoline or and diesel fuel you have no idea what you're buying i mean you know it's gasoline it's regular gasoline or it's number two diesel but you have no idea what you're buying because because the the consumer the consumer laws do not go beyond putting a sticker on a pump all right and the thing is that for instance now i'm talking about the majority of the country you may be someplace where you're near a refinery or what have you and say well there's a marathon refinery here or a uh the Senex refinery, and you know they, I'm, I'm getting a product right from there, but uh, the majority of North America has is gasoline and diesel is sold as a the base fuel is sold as a commodity and is pushed through a pipeline. So even though you say, well, I always go to Ray's gas station in town and I buy his gas from from Ray, right? I got a gas station in town. You like me because you listen to me on the radio, all right? And the thing is that ray or joe or whatever gas station he doesn't know what he's truly getting on every load that's delivered to him yeah it's supposed to be 87 octane it probably is the octane is usually pretty much close very close to what what it's what it says it could skew a little bit there's i mean it's like going through the field with a combine every kernel is not going to look the same but usually the octane they're pretty close on that but as far as the density of the fuel is concerned which is really the energy content of the diesel fuel or the gasoline or the diesel fuel the cetane rating of the diesel fuel here in new jersey they don't even put a cetane rating on the pump all right and then for instance the, the speedway station which is owned by marathon and no disrespect to them right whatsoever but here in new jersey the pumps the gasoline pumps vary by saying uh the speedway station says may contain may may contain up to 10 percent ethanol other ones say contain 10 percent or ethanol other ones say contain up to 10 percent without the without the may all right so am i getting e10 am i getting e11 am i getting e7 who knows and no one knows same thing happens excuse me we heat with home heating oil which is basically number two diesel and just dyed a different color i had taken a class a few years ago that was uh put on i think by the pennsylvania soybean growers association it was all about fuels it was very very good and according to a whatever i mean i'm not going to say a mandate is that the 
the Northeast, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, over here, all right, all right, we're supposed to have between 2 and 5% biodiesel in our, or renewable energy, I don't call it biodiesel because they call it home heating oil. We're supposed to have between 2 and 5%. All right, so oh, that's great. I'm, I've got between 2 and 5%. Well, when I talk to my oil delivery man, which I'm friendly with, and talk to other oil delivery men, they have no idea. They said, when we go to the, go to the depot to pick it up, it doesn't say anything about biodiesel in it. It just says, you know, a uh, dyed home heating oil. So do, is there any place I could go to find out? No, I don't know what I'm buying. I don't know. I don't, and the sad part about it is that it probably will never change because 99% of the consumers when they buy gasoline are buying octane and price, all right? And they don't care. And people, the homeowner buying home heating fuel has no idea what he's, the majority of them have no idea what they're buying anyway. They just know they need it and it's very expensive. And the other little secret is that, now I'm a big fan of ethanol, all right? Some people, you know, I've had people argue with me from the ethanol industry and they're probably throwing darts at my face, all right? Pick their picture up on me on the wall and throw darts at me because I tell it like it is, all right? Ethanol is a great product. It's a renewal product. It's an American product. It has a higher octane content, but it's not a perfect product and nothing in life is perfect. It has less energy content. It has uh, a poor rate of vaporization and there's a couple other things about an ethanol product. But I I love ethanol product. I wish we only have E10 in New Jersey. If I could get E15 or something, I would burn it, all right? I would love to have biodiesel in my home heating oil, but who knows if maybe I'm getting it, maybe I'm not. I have no idea. But anyway, another secret is that in most areas of the country, and I'm talking in generality, so if someone from the ethanol industry is listening, and I want you to come write me, you, know, you can write me nasty emails, all right, I don't mind that, I'm from, right, that, that, that's not going to upset me, but E85, lots of times is not E85, specifically in the colder climate, or colder months, and maybe E62 or E68, the pump says E85, but you may not be getting E85, all right, you may be getting E62 or E78, so what have you. So the whole idea is that what I feel, it makes it very confusing for the consumer because you think you're getting one thing and maybe you are and maybe you are not. And I would love to see this handled a little bit better. And the analogy that I make when I teach it is that you go to the grain elevator, you sell corn. Okay, it's GMO corn, all right? You put it in the elevator, or farmers from the whole area coming around and they're selling corn to the elevator. You have Pioneer, this guy's got uh, LGC, this guy's got something else, and it all goes into the, into the, into the uh, elevator and it all goes into the barge, all right? Well, that's basically what's happening in the fuel industry. The third thing I want to discuss is that the viscosity rating of an engine oil that's on the can, the jug, the bottle, the drum, whatever, is only at two temperatures, zero degrees Fahrenheit and 210 degrees. It does not, does not represent the performance of that oil in between those temperatures or below those temperatures, so above or below. So if you have an oil, and let's say it's 5W30, 15w50 whatever it is the 15 is the winter rating so that's that's it's 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 
its performance, not its rating, its performance at zero degrees, and then the other number is 210 degrees. And what you really need to, so you have no idea what the oil, how its performance is, be above zero, below zero, or approaching 210 or after 210 degrees so it's two points like you taking two points in the field and said i got 500 bushels per acre here and i got 400 bushels per acre here at two points and that is why it's important for you to buy an engine oil brand that you feel is a, a higher quality how do you determine that who knows all right but you feel comfortable with it because if you were to buy let's say a cheapo brand that says well it's the same thing meets uh, uh api sp standard and it's 5w20 well it's performance out of that those two set points is a wild card you don't know exactly you have no idea really what you're getting or how the oil is going to respond in that engine so that is something to keep in mind you may say, well, why does my engine make, you know, the, the lift is a noise here with this oil. It's supposed to be the same rating. Well, that's your answer, buddy. All right. The fourth and last thing here is that a modific, you know, a car, a car dealer is very famous to tell you, oh, if you put bigger tires in that pickup truck, you're going to avoid your warranty. It's brand new. You don't want to do that. That's a load of malarkey because if you modify a vehicle that's under warranty, the only area that gets avoided is the area that you modified. So in essence, the way I like to teach this again, so you have this pickup truck and you ja raise it up, right? You're a young guy, you raise it up, you put some big tires on it, all right, you change the exhaust and the dealer says, ha, 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 forget about it, you're out of warranty now because you modified the vehicle. No, you're out of warranty for the areas you modified it in. So arguably, if the air conditioner takes a dump on you or the windshield wipers or, or, or the transmission, well, that is not you, what you did by putting the tires on. They're going to try to finagle through, oh, you put the big tires on and you ruined your transmission with it. So let's not even say big tires. Let's say, let's say you, put, you put different rims on or whatever. But these, these dealerships love to come and point out to you and then put the fear of God in you that you have the warranty is voided, all right? The warranty is only potentially voided in the areas that you modified. So if you put bigger tires, bigger rims on it, and you say, well, the axle bearings went bad, well, well maybe have a a, a, a a good case on that. Say, well, you put different offsets and you put different stress on the bearings, we're not going to warranty that. But if your alternator goes, your water pump goes, the, the head gasket goes, that's still under warranty. You're going to have to fight for it but it's still definitely under warranty. So these are some of the dirty little secrets of <clears throat> the industry that you need to know about. If you're a farmer or rancher, chances are you've thought about joining Kansas Farm Bureau. So what's stopping you? Your membership means you have a seat at the table when it comes to the issues that affect your farm. Things like trade, taxes, water, and regulations. The state's largest farm advocacy organization brings your message to policy decision makers at the county, state, and national level. The voice of agriculture becomes your voice and fights for Kansas farmers and ranchers. And a Kansas Farm Bureau membership includes other benefits. For about $50 a year, you'll receive discounts on equipment and supplies, cell phone plans, financial and legal support, home and office supplies, and more. 
You'll also receive Kansas Living, a quarterly lifestyle magazine featuring real stories of farmers and producers around the state, plus great recipes, crafts, and things to see and do in Kansas. Join us today. Visit kfb.org slash farmer rancher to learn more. Welcome to Bushels and Cents on Farm Machinery Digest Radio, heard exclusively on Sirius XM Channel 147 Rural Radio. I am your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer. And never forget, it is not what you make, but what you keep that counts. There is no denying that Tier 4 emission controls added complexity to the diesel engine, especially with the Selective Catalytic Reduction, or better known as SCR system. DEF is injected into the SCR to evoke a chemical change in the exhaust. The crystallization of DEF that is spilled during filling also occurs at the tip of the dedicated injector. If your equipment sets a code for any DEF or SCR parameter, remove the injector and clean the tip. Often, that is all that is needed. Agriculture runs on machinery, profits on reliability. Visit FarmMachineryDigest.com, where steel and soil meet. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. So I just want to touch on one thing briefly before we go into tax rule benefits and Ripsaw Records. He's the hot rod man, and you're going to meet me in the farm shop. Now we're going to talk about fuel density today, so sit pat. Hey, Paulie, Paulie, get back in here. That guy, Paulie, he's always running out. He's looking for a cup of coffee. But all right. But what they tell you is that the agricultural equipment manufacturers are much better than the vehicle manufacturers as far as wanting to retain you as a customer because historically, the life cycle of a piece of farm equipment is much, much longer than a road vehicle, even for a semi. So if you go and you buy a, a John Deere tractor or a Fen tractor, you're probably going to keep it 10 or 15 years, and you're going to look for them, they're going to look for you to come back and buy another one, whereas the car industry, the vehicle industry is terrible that way. They don't care about you whatsoever. So come on in, Tex Rubinowitz from Ripsaw Records. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much. So you can meet me in the farm shop now. All right, you ready? We're talking about fuel density. Did you ever wonder why, with relatively the same conditions, the fuel mileage of your vehicles and equipment varies from one tank full to the next? <clears throat> it all comes down to the fuel density. The potential energy content of a gallon of gasoline or diesel fuel is within a government-mandated range, or so it should be. Fuel density is a qualifier of the energy content in BTU that it has. Lower or less dense fuel will still make the same engine power, but it will require more of it to accomplish that. A fuel's density is the result of the crude oil used, the refining process, the additive package blended in, and the temperature of it. Diesel fuel is especially sensitive to the temperature that it is stored at. So just keep keep that in mind, because if you are going to have a problem or 
Not I always have problems. You say, geez, you know, I, I got this ga- tank of gas and I went 150 miles and I got a quarter of a tank or whatever, half a tank. So that's what it is. It's the fuel density that is the key to everything. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And I want you to know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher, my beloved, beloved America. I remember the people, they got mad at me. They think it's, the, I, 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 they try to tell me it's the accent, but because I tell them like it is, the real deal, buddy. You have a blessed day. Catch you next week. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Mike Pearson, host of AOA, heard Monday through Friday right here on Rural Radio from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Each day, we'll talk to those making the news in markets, ag policy, trade, and rural health care. And you'll hear from the ag and political leaders about the pressing issues of the day and what they might mean for the future of agriculture. So join me here on Rural Radio from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time for AOA. Hey, I'm Amy Wilson, and one of my favorite memories of all time was being introduced at the NFR in the Thomas and Mac as Miss Rodeo America. Then I started my career with RFD TV in Las Vegas during the NFR, and I get to continue showcasing the very best in pro rodeo as I'm on the dirt as a sideline reporter for the Cowboy Channel during the NFR. Join us December 1st through the 10th on the Cowboy Channel as we bring you 10 hours of coverage each day, all brought to you by Mahindra. Rural is the roots of our nation. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. Western sports, country music, comedians. It's an attitude. The rural lifestyle and the ag industry. It's not just farming. We've got everything from hunting, fishing, and conservation. Horses and horse training. Of news, weather, and the commodity markets. Sirius XM, it doesn't matter where you are in North America, it's always there. They'll have it in their trucks, in their combines, in their tractors. To hear Sirius XM's Rural Radio, activate your radio now. Call 844-711-8800 or head to SiriusXM.com slash go to sign up quickly. This is Justin Mills, rancher and host of the Working Ranch Radio Show, inviting you to join us on Saturdays at noon Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147. We'll go in-depth on topics that are relevant to the sustainability of our beef industry. So join us on Saturdays at noon Eastern for the Working Ranch Radio Show on Rural Radio Channel 147, Sirius XM. I'm Mike Campbell from Libertyville, Illinois, and I listen to Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM.